0: Welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren in Christ Church Podcast. My name is Ryan Cagno. The HBIC Podcast brings you weekly episodes on the topic of discipleship, where we'll sit down with members of the HBIC family to hear their stories, hear about the different ways people at HBIC are pursuing discipleship. In other words, how they're learning to follow Jesus' example and obey His teachings in their daily lives in practical ways. This week is a conversation with Eli Whitehead Zimmers about the time he spends in Scripture and Prayer How he balances the desire to have, on one hand, a meaningful, maybe exciting encounter with God, while on the other hand, just like having the daily discipline to continue going back to that well, even when it's boring or not exciting. Um, If you've ever tried to have a daily devotional time, a quiet time, whatever you want to call it, this is going to be a really interesting conversation for you, and it's always just fun to talk to Eli. So here you go. Eli Whitehead Zimmers, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much, Ryan. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be back. uh, We have had a lot of
0: conversations between the two of us about Mm. um, devotional life. Which, even as I say that, I'm like, that's the most like Christian thing. Okay,
1: we'll workshop it.
0: Time spent one-on-one with God. Mm. um, Maybe that's how we'll go with it. We have very different approaches to that. You know, you've turned me on to the idea of. So your mo is to like just sit. With one verse of scripture for like seven years, yeah, and just let it seep yeah. into your bones. <laughs> this is Buddhist adjacent, yeah, bro. bro. Um, um to, oh, okay, so tell me. Uh, l- let me not tell tell the people what you do. I don't you tell them? Like, what does your time with God typically look like? Sure. Uh, how's that grown and changed? What's the place in your life of spending time uh, in that way, like a focused time with God?
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe a, a good example of what you're talking about. Like this past summer, I um I spent a really long time in, in Judges 6. and Don't we all? Yeah, bro. <laughs> it just, just, uh, just really hit me. And the whole summer, I, I tried to move on to other verses, go different places. But I just kept coming back to it. Just kept rereading it. And that's Gideon. Yes. Okay. Um, go in the strength you have. Am I not sending you? It's really cool. I mean Gideon's just this like whatever kind of guy kind of beaten down, you know his country got invaded, and I just love it. God comes down, and it's like, and I love the language he's like God came down, he sat under the oak tree, man. I just love that God just and he goes, What's up, like strong a mighty warrior it you know. And I just love that. Is
0: is God mocking him when he says that? No,
1: bro. He's seeing something in Gideon that Gideon doesn't see in himself. I love it. God's looking down at you, and you're just like, man, here's this clown who just graduated. He's staying up till 3 a.m. watching all of Boba Fett in a single night. It's not even good. (laughs) It's not even good, bro. (laughs) And no matter how stupid you feel, like, oh, man, like, I just ate the 10th cookie, bro. I'm on, like, my seventh episode. God's looking down at you. He's like. There is a mighty warrior. And I'm just looking at myself. I'm like, no shot, God. Like, you're off on this one. But that's how God sees you. And I love the idea that it's like, it's not even that God is looking at you and pitying you and like, hey, buddy, you're super strong. Like, it's not like he knows you're a clown, but is calling you a mighty warrior. Like, God literally doesn't see you any other way than like a mighty warrior.
0: As, looked, as a sidebar, it's telling of me psychologically that I read it and assume God's being sarcastic <laughs> to you.
1: We'll, we'll unpack that after the podcast. Yeah, yeah I'll right? talk to my
0: therapist. <laughs> anyway, go on.
1: <laughs> but that's just so cool. I love that, that God literally can't, he doesn't see you another way. Or like, you know, the verse of God throwing all your sins into the sea of forgetfulness or whatever. It's like you think that God sees all this bad stuff in you but just chooses to kind of ignore it. But you get to heaven and you're like, oh, God, remember that one time I did this like crazy thing and God's literally like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I literally just see like a crazy warrior in front of me right now. I don't know. That's kind of where I what I needed so in that season. you camped out on that for a long time. Yeah.
0: Just that, even that specific interaction. Yeah.
1: I just loved it. Not, and the, I...
0: not the wet blankets later on or the. No.
1: That, he kind of went downhill. I think I spent a day and read the next couple chapters. Yeah.
0: but Yeah, he didn't. It's not a sterling record for Gideon. I do like the part where God's like, "Go get your army," and he goes to recruit them, and God's like, "No, not those ones. Yeah, the ones drinking water like a dog on all (laughs) fours. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) those ones." Uh, Um, Anyway, okay. So you camped out. This has kind of been your mo at points in your life of just Mm -hmm. like I'm just gonna like I'm sitting on that mighty warrior passage for a long time.
1: Uh, And I think it's necessary, at least for me. Like, I think it kind of started for me. Freshman year, Messiah has these things called Sixers. So instead of going to chapel and, like, doing work on your laptop. Not to
0: be confused with the utterly disgraceful basketball franchise that I'm never watching a game of again. But go on. It's a different Sixer. Yeah,
1: different Sixer. Yeah. So they're, like, small group things. And I remember this one engineering professor, Professor Lockwood, had, like, practical uh, tips and teachings from Jesus. And one of them was, like, just writing a verse and keeping it in your wallet. And so I did that for a little bit. And it was just, it was helpful. Like, even retraining some of your habits throughout the day, like, <laughs> it's a vulnerable moment for me. Instead of getting on the toilet and like p- whipping out your phone and like scrolling through Instagram or something, like retraining that habit and like pulling out your wallet and looking at a verse for like a minute. It's little things like that. And then, like, it's like kind of rewiring this like background, like, base level of thinking of it's like what are you thinking about when you're walking the class or when you're not focusing on something like can you retrain some of those thoughts so that you like default to thinking about Gideon or like and so that's kind of been a challenge for me I was like oh man can some of these verses help with that if I memorize these and at points it gets like super legalistic and I I swung too far you know I was like at work I'd be like you know every time I walk through a door frame or something I'm going to try to remember this and it's it's silly, man. It You can't do it. And so...
0: Is that because of Deuteronomy 6 and, like, the post these things over your door? Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think, like, you get on this thing, it's like, pray without ceasing, and you want to do it so bad. And so your default is, literally, I'm going to put all these things in my day that I can check off and it'd be a checklist. And then it becomes too legalistic, and you forget the reason why you're doing it. And I think a, a so much of my battle with spending time with God is... I really want to do it and I want to do a really good job. But that like effort doesn't constitute a good relationship with God. It gets you to a point, but you can't like just brute force your way into a great relationship with God. And I think that took a long time to understand. Like you'd spend like hours and hours a day where you can like force yourself to read and study and do all this stuff. But like, if your heart's not there, if your motivation's not there, like, that's some way subtler, harder stuff to get straight than I'm going to practice God for two hours a day like my cello. You know what I mean? You can get away with that with the cello. I'll practice my scales for two hours. I'll get really good at it. But for God, you can waste two hours and, like, nothing will, nothing will change if, if your heart isn't in the right spot. You know what I mean? So sometimes I pray that sometimes when I finish my time with God, I'll be like, look, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up and make this verse sink into me and like really help me understand it and really give me a revelation, this is a waste of my time. I shouldn't be here. Which I don't know, maybe bad. I'm not totally sure where I land on it, but.
0: I don't think I agree with you. Um, Yeah. Well, and here as with many things in life, it's a balance. It's not an either or thing, right? So you're talking about this experience you've had of swinging from poles, yeah. um, not literal. Pol- you get what I mean. Um, yeah. I, there's there's total value in the the habit forming practice. Yeah. Of you know not pulling out Candy Crush on Candy Crush. Is it 2011? What am I saying? Clash uh, of Clans, bro. Clash of Clans. <laughs> uh I don't know i'm I'm a sudoku guy. There's total value in practicing not um pulling out your phone on the <laughs> toilet but yeah. like pulling out the prayer thing or just mm. rather than scrolling your phone when you're waiting in line somewhere or whatever yeah. it may be at a stoplight any time of day um turning to prayer um there's total value in those habits um what you're saying is only if in the end. Those are forming like the scaffolding and the foundation for having actual robust encounters with with God and experientially.
1: Yeah.
0: Where I would push back on you is like Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would say if you if God doesn't show up, it's going to be a waste of time because in my experience, at least, God doesn't quote the Spirit doesn't quote unquote show up. Even half the time, probably. It, it, and it depends on what exactly you're looking for and the bar you're like hoping right. for the Spirit to set. And you should totally come with an expectancy of, man, God can meet me in this time. Right. But God doesn't a lot of the time. And for whatever reason. Yeah. But the habit that you formed keeps you coming back to the well every day, regardless. Mm. Even if there might be months where you don't, like, hear from God in a meaningful way. But right. I would still argue there's a, a lot of value in um, just coming back to the well yeah. anyways. And you said practice God, like, derisively. And like, I get what you're saying, you know. Yeah. But, but I also think about, you know, um, Brother Lawrence was, like, a monk who, you know, wrote this famous, you know, spiritual book called uh, practicing the presence of God mm. and just forming the habit of, like, when I'm washing dishes, when I'm sweeping the floor, when I'm doing all these mundane things around the monastery, yeah. like, let me practice, like, being in God's presence. Am I having this, like, intense transcendent experience with God all the time? Almost never. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, like, you know, getting those reps in.
1: Yeah. Agreed, and and I think that's a good point of clarification when we say, like, spending time with God or we want God to, like, show up. Yeah, that's not going to be, like, a lightning thunderbolt kind of moment every time or, like, you're not going to get this great verse or, like, some awesome revelation. But I think, yeah, maybe more of the sentiment I was going after is, like, recognizing that it's not my effort that's going to change me or my effort that's going to build the relationship totally that at some point I could really put all this effort in, but at the end of the day, it's going to be God who's using this to, to build that relationship or that it's, you know, you could read it and kind of have all this head knowledge, but I really have to trust and depend on God that he's going to use it in my life. And if I'm not feeling it right now, I'm trusting that, (laughs) okay, God, like, you're using this to kind of deepen this relationship or this is important that I'm here and trusting that he's there, even if you don't feel it.
0: Yeah. Um, and so I'm sorry for uh, imputing upon. No, you, like, uh, it's a good point. Uh, it's maybe what you weren't exactly trying to say, but, um, I th- makes me think of, I think it's Philippines chapter one, but the dear listeners, welcome to fact check me on that. Uh, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that it is God at work in you. Right. That, you know, so kind of even resolving that tension a little bit or saying it's not, it's not a real, Mm-mm. you know, I hear you. Like ultimately yeah. you the stuff you're bringing to the table is not what's going to make a difference. Um, the habit forming and your efforts. Yeah. You can't do a single thing to like claw your way up to the heavens, right? Right.
1: And I think a big part of what I wrestle with is like when I do form those habits, I, and maybe this is my personality. And I know we do kind of have different takes or views or personalities that we like approach God with, but like a lot of times in my life, I can remember just like spending time with God or like setting a timer for like 30 minutes and just consistently just feeling like it wasn't benefiting me in the slightest that I would read some spend 30 minutes in some passage and couldn't remember what I read like later that day yeah and so i think at least for me like uh, maybe that's kind of where some of the repetition like i want to remember this like i feel like i'm not learning anything or getting anything out of this time with god and i think for maybe me as well like i needed more diversity like is my relationship with god just 30 minutes reading a commentary or like some passage like I don't It just fent, felt shallow to me. So one of my friends, actually, I was talking to them. I love asking people, like, what, did, what do you do with your time with God? Like, everybody's talking about it. Nobody's really telling me what they actually do. And she was like, you know, one thing that I've started doing recently is playing, like, um, she had this wheel of, like, things that she could do with God, and she would just kind of spin it, like, sort of like God roulette a little bit, where you're just, like, she would spin it, and, like, It'd be different things like going a walk with God, or like read this Bible passage, or sing like a worship song, or something like that. So that was actually really helpful for me this past semester. Being like, time with God doesn't have to be that sort of traditional Western sense of I have my Bible, a little, you know, whatever study thing that I want to use, whether it be a commentary. And I think I took this class in Messiah called Global Theology. I think it really opened my eyes where it's like, you know, across the world, some people don't have these resources. Some people like literacy is a thing. Money to buy books and study resources is a thing. And so people's time with God is actually way more communal. It's like a reading of the word and people are there experiencing it together. And it's not like this studious sit down at my desk kind of picture that we have or like a monk kind of like there's other ways of doing it. And I think for so long I was stuck in this 30-minute have-to-read study kind of thing. But like, you can take walks with God. You can, like, worship and sing. Or, like, there's, there's different things you can do that constitute building a relationship with God that doesn't have to be so, like, one-tracked way that where you just lose all sort of meaning from it. You're just going through the motions and doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very... Um there are a lot of ways in which it's a super Western conception of time with God. Like yeah. even the phrase quiet time, Right, I'm sure you've heard that phrase a lot of Messiah uh, college, but like <laughs> Messiah university, uh, quiet time. Like mm-hmm. what it means to be with God is to be alone, silent. What it means to pray is to close my eyes. Right. Harder right. than I've ever closed my eyes before. <laughs> like don't let any light in cause the, you know, or else you'll scare away the spirit. Yeah. Um, you know, not everyone prays, not everyone across time and across the world prays with their eyes closed or yeah. even prays in their head. Like, right, we we assume, I assume at least, prayer is eyes closed in my brain silently. Yep. You know, I don't even want to move my lips or they'll be like <laughs> <Right. by laughs> Hannah at the beginning of First Samuel, like, ah, oh, she's drunk. She's you know? drunk, yeah. Like, no, like, you know, there's plenty of cultures and peoples that like, you know, no, we pray out loud. Mm-hmm. Eyes open and eyes up. Why right. am I like, you know... God's not just like the inner flame within me to <laughs> right. focus on. Like God is everywhere. God is in, you know, yeah. made all this. Why am I closing my eyes to the creation right. around me as I'm, as I'm praying? Yeah. Why am I not voicing and audiating these prayers? Mm. Why do I assume that it can only happen, you know, through study, right. Through sitting alone, mm-hmm. not being together with other people, right. Not doing things, mm-hmm. you know, and all those ways, breaking down the, the, I don't know if it's Western or what it is and, you know, enlightenment, like assumptions that just like, that's what it means. Um, A little bit, I think it's a reduction of the life of faith to like the mind. Right. Which is something we've done. Yeah. um, Just
1: becomes super intellectual and academic. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: And some people love, I mean, I'm, I love intellectual enterprise. So I know for, for, you know, for me and for you study, like, you know, you said like sometimes it would be sitting down with a commentary Uh and, like, learning things about a passage. Right. For a lot of people, they'd be like, what the heck are you? Like, that's, I would never in a million years, Uh, (laughs) you know, open a Bible commentary and, like, read and learn these things, which is fine. You know, for some people, worship involves that active process of learning. Right. For some people, worship involves sitting at the feet in silence. For some people, it's like, I need to get up on a mountain, you know, and I'm not really Mm -hmm. worshiping if I'm not, like, on a trail. Yeah. Um. So, respecting that diversity, I mm-hmm. think, is important and good. So, how have you, how how have you, do you have your wheel of, your wheel of stuff <laughs> with God, or do you, yeah. how have you broken out of the, uh, at times, kind of like when things start to feel rote or ritual, like, um, yeah. how do you bring your life to it?
1: And, I think I've actively, like, for me, seeing, like, my time with God's a pendulum where I get, like, way too legalistic and then swing to the other side where it's, like, way just not doing anything, like, not structured enough. And so there's been... It's funny, in school, I don't know how I'm going to cope not having semesters to, like, chunk my life into because I, sp- like, can spot, like, different semesters with, like, very different spiritual journeys or, like, things that I was learning <laughs> like different semesters at school.
0: But yeah, now you're just on the slow and steady decline of death,
1: <laughs> right, bro? I gotta now go to grad you just school. Go
0: get a, now you just go get a job, <laughs> and you just get the life wrung out of you until the end. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> that was super bleak, and I don't mean that. It's it's wonderful, to, uh, but anyway.
1: Um, but yeah, so there were times where I was just like, it would be super unstructured, and then there would just be like days or weeks that I like wouldn't spend time with God, or I would be like. Oh, like, I talked to him, like, one time in my car. Like, I just kind of said, like, a weird prayer. But then I wouldn't have been reading the Bible for, like, weeks. And I would just be, like, talking to God, like, on the way to class or something. And that's not. So it goes too far both ways. But I think one thing that really hit me lately is I always had approached the Bible with, like, very specific questions for where I was at in life. So, like, whether it's, like, a personal thing or, like, a circumstantial thing, like, lately I was, like, looking for jobs. and I wasn't sure which job I was going to take, post-grad plans, what I was, like going gonna to do. So I was, like, really honed into very specific Bible verses. You know, I didn't stoop so low as to take the Jeremiah verse out of context. I know the plans I have for you kind of thing. But, you know, it was, like, you're approaching the Bible with those questions. I want to know that God has a plan for me, or I want to know that he has something good for me.
0: Or I consulted the Bible about my future, and God wants me to be stay in slavery to the Babylonians. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> um, uh, and then I remember we were on a walk together and I was like, yeah, I'm super passionate about like approaching the Bible with, and making it relevant to my life, which there's a time and place for that. But you're also like, hey, you might just be asking the wrong questions. And God's trying to tell you something super important that has nothing to do with what job you're going to choose next. He like is like, dude, like, obviously it's going to be fine. Like, I need to tell you this or I want to explain this to you. And so I think that kind of flipped my script a little bit. And you're like, just read through the Psalms. Try that. And so lately I've been doing that with, um, and one thing that's been helpful for me is uh, Lectio Divina. It was like a couple times this semester. It just kept popping up some different places for me. Like,
0: and just for the sake of the audience, Lectio Divina is a, um, she's a uh, female uh, opera Singer, right? Is <laughs> a soprano. Oh. That was a joke. You, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, tell him what it is. Explain what like. To, oh, no, you go ahead. Oh, okay.
1: likeio <laughs> uh, <laughs> has basically taken a small part of a passage, uh, maybe like three or four verses. Well, you start and you kind of read through this passage, and then you say, "Hey, did anything jump out to me, or did anything make me pause, or like kind of resonate with me at any way?" And then you take like one or two or three verses that kind of resonated with you. And then there's, well, f- there's different ways of doing it. But for me, one that I came across was you like kind of read this whole passage, you, you pick a spot, and then the next thing you do is you meditate on it. And then the next thing you do is you pray about it. Like, God, here's some of my reactions to this. What are you trying to tell me through this? And then the four step kind of contemplating on like what the experience was or what you felt like you were getting out of it. And that's been really helpful for me. It's been a really good mix of some structure to kind of what to do with my time with God when I'm choosing to like sit down and like study a a verse or a passage or something. But within those four different brackets, it kind of gives me a lot of freedom to just, you know, read or sit and sit with it and kind of meditate on it without this expectation of like, I need to get something out of this. And so you're right. Like there's some days where I'm like, yeah, I did not hear a lick from God today. Like, I did not see anything. But I'm still praying at the end. I was like, All right, God, like, I know this was still worthwhile because, like, you're, he- even though I don't feel you, I know you're here. And I'm confessing that, like, Holy Spirit, you got to make these verses sink in over time. I'm trusting you're doing that. Because if you weren't here, in the sense, even though I don't feel like if you're not, I know you're with me. And if you're not, this was kind of like not worth my time. But I know you are here. You know what I mean? So I think that's been something I've been on lately. That's been helpful. And for me, I feel like being distracted is like a real issue. And I'd love to hear some of your, what you do to kind of fight being distracted, like through praying. But for something for me is I'll set a little two minute timer on my phone going through some of these. I was like, all right, I can focus for like two minutes. Like I can do that. So I'll just set like a two minute timer. And then if, spirits moving and I'm feeling something or like i really am praying about this or I'm really enjoying sitting with this verse, you know, we'll kick it up a little bit. We'll make it like three, four, five minutes, whatever. But that kind of structure, it's almost like structuring unstructured times. You know what I mean? Like for this two minutes, I'm just going to like, listen, or I'm just going to meditate on this verse. And that's a helpful mix for me. That's a good balance.
0: Yeah. Um, I think in terms of prayer and mindfulness, my first, um, bit of advice to anyone listening would be to take, take your phone and then go down to front street and then just chuck it in the suspect <laughs> <refrigerator. laughs> I'm not kidding. That would be the, the main thing that I would do. <laughs> it's helpful to use your timer for that, but if you can find like an hourglass with some s- literal sand, that would probably be even better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be helpful. Yeah. Uh for me the thing that's working right now is to get up at the crack of dawn and just like set, set my phone aside and sit at my window and mm. spend an hour. Um because for me I need a solid usually most times not as much in the morning which is why it's a helpful time for me but most times I need 15 minutes just to like clear away the mental like chaos and yeah. confusion to even get to the point where I can have that 2 minutes. Right. That 2 minutes comes after 20 minutes of just like mm. Uh, fighting the urge to look at ESPN on my phone or whatever it might be. Um, <laughs> I don't have Instagram, so I've got to figure something out. But, um, yeah, I'm not an expert on that. But at various times in my life, yeah, I've explored, and this goes back to your thing of like what you're looking at on the toilet. But hmm. mindfulness and just that is a habit that you have to cultivate. Yeah. However, it looks for you, getting rid of your phone for stretches of time is a good thing. Whatever it is, that distracts you. Um, unless it's like your young children, like get away from it, uh, get a babysitter, um, you know, um, whatever it may be. I I think practicing that and going to this whole, to the question of mindfulness and habits and then the, the pendulum swing of legalism versus really feeling it. Mm -hmm. I can't help but think of it in terms of being in a relationship. So for me, that would be marriage at this stage of my life. But, Mm. um, there are times where you're in love to the point where you, no one has to tell you to g- spend time with this person. Yeah. You're just like driven. You're thinking about her, right. him, whoever it is, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's other seasons where, you know, you can settle into kind of this like companionable, like we're married, we live in the same house, like it's good and we're living life together mm-hmm. um, you know, it's fine. But even in marriage, you can get you can go through weeks and weeks and weeks mm-hmm. where one or the both of you have been really busy right. and you haven't like set aside time. Mm. Um, you know, so you need to, you know, one thing people do and one thing I don't do enough is say, like, we're having a date night. Right. You know, it. if you if you step back and think about it, date night is a weird idea in the context of like, you're married and you live with this person and you're around them all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. You sleep in the same bed as this person. Uh-huh. You see them every single day, but you can go a month where you've never like had a meaningful conversation with each other and connected in some type of way. And it's like, mm. okay, so we have to like put a thing on the calendar right. where like, we're going to go out on date night or we need to like both agree that for a half hour in the evening before we go to bed, we're actually going to sit and look each other in the eyes and like talk to each other at a deeper right. level and not just about, okay, what's on the calendar for tomorrow? Who's picking up Naomi from school? Right. No, but, yeah. Um By that same token, you know, it, it can feel a little absurd at times to schedule time with God or put a two minute timer on it or whatever, because right. God's always with us and we are called to pray continuously and, and can right. live and walk with God in these different ways. But sometimes you got to put it on the dang calendar just to anchor yourself and to bring yourself back because our tendency is to distract ourselves is to be busy. We have hearts that are inclined to do anything but sit in God's presence. Mm -hmm. So the the reality is we're sinful and we don't naturally want to do that most of the time. Right. Um, And even if we do for seasons, our sin leads us in the other direction eventually. So having practices as a way of, buffering that and and bringing us back is important and good so yeah definitely that's what's coming to my mind now is just that marriage metaphor but yeah uh, and you might not you're not married people listening might not be married or they might be like that metaphor doesn't work for me because marriage was a miserable was or is a miserable experience or whatever it may be but Mm. Translate it to your friends, translate it to your right. children. Relationship. Whatever. A relationship, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm just speaking out of my most prominent relationship. But mm-hmm. in any relationship, um, you know, you're going to go through seasons where you've got a planet. Right. You know, when you're older and you try to have friends and you have young kids, it's like, man, all we do is like text about trying to make plans to hang out. <laughs> gonna, yeah. I wish it could be like college where I could just right. say, like, I want to hang out. I'm going to not even put shoes on and walk five <laughs> steps down the hallway <laughs> right. and go play video games for five hours. So this person like that was a great, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm not in that season right now. And I think there's, there's ebbs and flows in, in our relationship with God in terms of engaging with him at that, you know, um, one-on-one focused level, but right. give yourself grace to acknowledge there are going to be ebbs and flows Right. And mm-hmm. it's fine. And it's going to be different 3 months now from now than what it is, but yeah. Um good illustration of Lectio Divina, good Psalms practice. Yeah. Really helps you hone your hatred for the Amalekites.
1: Yeah, man. I hate those guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um any salient takeaways from your time in the Psalms that you want to leave us with as a as a benediction? Anything just like wh- where is something where God has really, like, met you and showed you something in the past months or yeah
1: I, I I love some and then there's also times where it's like, man, it's hard to relate to this guy who's, like, hiding in caves and, like, just, he feels like a really, like, the things that he's praying, it seems, like, right for him to pray, where he's, like, I'm crying and, like, soaking my couch with tears and, like, these enemies are persecuting me. It's, like, I I feel you on the emotional level, but also I'm just looking for a job after college. So, like, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to relate.
0: Yeah, no, I get it, David. Someone, like, commented <laughs> on my tweet and they were pretty rude. <laughs> I totally understand.
1: Like, what are relationships going to look like for me after school? I'm crying so much. Like, Lord, save me. You're my savior. Yeah, so sometimes it's it's hard to relate. I feel like it's tough for me not to have an image of David looking down at me just being like, bro, we're not the same. Like, <laughs> it's not that deep, bro. Um, But at the same time, I think, and maybe some people will push back against this, but it's been helpful for me to think like, okay, David had a very circumstantial issue. Like, at least for me, I always think of a lot of these things. Like, he's in a cave. Somebody's trying to kill him. Like, that's crazy. But if you think about it as like more of a spiritual warfare kind of thing, what's that New Testament verse like? You know, it's not flesh and blood, but you probably have it better than I do. Ephesians five, yeah, we we you know
0: uh, six, six, I think. Yeah, we don't wage war against flesh and blood, but against, yeah.
1: yeah. So for me, it's like okay, well, what's what's my enemy then in this place? It's probably for me at least. It's really negative, like, thought patterns. So you're thinking, like, after school, like, for the job thing, it's like, it's one thing to be like, yeah, I really want to get a job. I want to have, like, a vocation or a calling. I want to go somewhere where I can glorify God. Those are good things. That's great. But then you start getting to this mindset of, like, I'm never going to find a job. Or it's like, I'm not good enough to get a job. Or I'm not smart enough to get this job. Or, like, oh, this rejection means that I'm not good about... like, And then, like, those kind of thought patterns are actually really evil and bad and they're not from God. And so I think when you're fighting about things and it's like, don't turn me over into the hands of my enemies and things like that. For me, it's like, okay, like don't turn me over to these thoughts or like, don't let me become this sort of like negative thinking or like these negative habits that I'm forming or things like that. Like don't give up on me, God. Like I know I'm not perfect and you know, some of my thinking or some of my habits aren't great, but like, don't give up on me. And I feel like spiritually, at least like that's just as high stakes as what David was like screaming about in the Psalms. And so I think, I don't know, making it relevant in my life, at least in that sense, without going too far and just being like everything's super deep. But that's been, that's been helpful for me.
0: No, that's great. Thank you for sharing. I mean, that's, We'll end there, but that's just the, that brings home the reason, you know, we didn't talk necessarily about, like, why do we want to spend time one-on-one with God, but it's like that, you know, in reflecting on Scripture, the Spirit will speak to our hearts, to our experience, will be formed, will receive comfort and, you know, the experience of, of the Spirit in our lives, um, and God can use all manner of things including some random psalm about you know hiding in a cave yeah um, in cool ways and we keep coming back to that well and um, with the expectant the right expectancy that like God will meet us there because he does right. and that's why we do it um, and that's one aspect of discipleship that we, we can't neglect so I appreciate your heart in in thinking that's important and you know don't lose that um, and you won't but it's great Eli, thank you.
1: It's a pleasure, always a pleasure, Ryan. Thanks oh, for having me.
0: Ryan. Always a pleasure. Uh, join us next time, dear listener, for part three. Just kidding, we're not recording a part three. You're never coming on the podcast again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good, I want it.
0: All right, bye.